This is football. I'm Kevin Clark. Lamar Jackson can win you a Super Bowl this year. All right, so getting used to everything about football in 2023, including the multi-view stuff. I don't – we live in an age of hyperbole. I don't want to overstate this. Multi-view is like the best thing that's ever happened to me or maybe sports. Like I really – I'm I'm I have multiple TVs, but I just feel it is uh, a blessing onto the onto the multiple TV people. Um, I think that we need five boxes, but uh, I will say I'm kind of falling out of love with Red Zone. I just want to I don't want to offend anybody. Uh, I feel like I've I got my brain became so in tune with Red Zone uh, that I forgot what like a normal play at the 45 yard line looked like. Like I forgot what like a game looked like. I watched red zone for 2022 and 2021 just because I thought that was the best way to, to get a handle on things. And now I watch these games and I'm like, Oh, well what, why aren't these guys scoring? Oh, you're right. Because I spent two years watching red zone and then I go back and watch the games midweek, obviously. But like when you're watching it live now, I, I have a better view of, of the game. So this has been a game changer for me. I've fallen out of love with red zone. I'm sorry to Scott Hansen, uh, but I believe I've done my red zone. I've, I've handed in tendered my resignation for red zone. So week two is sneakily, maybe not so sneakily, uh, the most interesting week of the NFL calendar. Um, you just get, Another data point after week one. There was a, a study done a couple of years ago. Uh, not a lot of gambling academic studies out there, but there was one that was basically saying that week two is easiest week to bet in all of sports because you just take the teams that went 0-1 against a 1-0 team, take the underdog, and eat. Um, that's normally what happens. The teams that looked great in week one don't look great in week two, vice versa. Um, and when it team looks great or horrible in the first two weeks, you learn something. Um, the Baltimore Ravens did not look amazing last week, but they're 2-0. Um, it sort of leads to an overarching point. I was unbelievably impressed with their win over the Bengals, almost because of the obstacles. So they were out. They had two, two star linemen out. Um, Ronnie Stanley and Tyler Linderbaum. They had... Marlon Humphrey out. They had Marcus Williams out. Over the course of the game, they lost Odo Beckham Jr. Um, and they won because of Lamar Jackson, because of their depth, because of Zay Flowers being as good of an addition as anybody in the league through two weeks as far as being able to change an offense and because of their offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. There's a lot to unpack here. There's a stat that I, I keep as a screen grab in my my phone. I got a bunch of those. Just, just keep them around. Just keep them around. Um, from... The year Lamar Jackson won the MVP, which is that he was the fastest player in the NFL crossing the line of scrimmage. When he crossed the line of scrimmage, he was averaging 13.7 miles per hour, by far the fastest player in football that year. And he was the third most efficient passer in football that year. Okay. Like that is not normal. Like the combination of those two things and how those two things intersect, and it's not always going to be that those exact numbers, but how those two things inter intersect is the story of Lamar Jackson's career and the story of how teams have to defend him. So for me, I, I think that it goes back to something. And I, a couple of years ago, my boss was, I worked at the ringer and one of my bosses sent me a hall of fame, rock and roll hall of fame ballot. And Pearl jam was on there and he selected it. And I'm a big Pearl jam guy. And I said to him, I said, you know, the thing about, about Pearl Jam is they had like three Hall of Fame careers in one because they adjusted 
and they changed themselves and they said, okay, everyone thinks we can do this. We're going to do this. It's going to be different. That's just how a career goes. If you're truly great. And it doesn't matter if you're a band or an actor or a stand-up comedian or a quarterback, like that's just how it goes. Life think hurls things at you and you adjust. What I've noticed from Lamar Jackson, certainly today is the Todd Munkin's offense is going to help him so much and become not a different player, but it's going to change enough to where it's going to propel him forward in his career. Uh, Kevin Zeitler had a quote that said Lamar is magic like that. That kind of sums it up, but more specifically um, Lamar Jackson faced the lowest pressure rate of his career today. He got rid of the ball in 2.6 seconds this week and last week, which is by far the quickest release of his career. Uh, I believe I'm looking th at this from next gen stats. Uh, previously in the past four years, he was at about three seconds, which was the longest release, longest time to throw in football of any qualified quarterback. Okay. We've seen a quarterback who stops hanging onto the ball for that long, have a lot of success. Jalen hurts last year. Great example. Had one of the slowest times to throw in the NFL Two years ago, 3.19, shaves that down to 2.86, makes a Super Bowl. Looks like a completely different player. Now, Lamar Jackson has earned the right to stand back there and hold on to the ball longer because he just makes guys miss. I remember an offensive lineman on the Ravens telling me that literally linebackers will look over to the opposing sideline and just say, what do I do? And the coach will say, I don't know. What do you want me to tell you? There's no coaching point here. Just tackle the guy. There's a reason he's able to, to run around back there or forward. But if you're going to take a quick game, I guess you would call it, and according to Next Gen Stats, his quick release, quick game was uh, was as efficient as it has been his entire career today. Almost 60% drop back success rate when throwing quickly. Um, you're starting to see how this offense is going to work. Tempo and quickness was always going to be the backbone of this. Greg Roman did a lot of good things with the offensive line, with the run game. I mean, like some of those stats when you saw, I believe in 2018, 2019, like the Ravens were breaking records about rush yards, rush, per rush, rush yards per attempt, rushes per game. They were like held by like the Rams from the 50s. Okay. Like Greg Roman did some special stuff. But Todd Monken came in. Greg Roman offense was so slow, tons of penalties, tons of like, you know, uh, pre snap problems because of how, how slow things were at the line of scrimmage. Like Todd Monken came in and said, we're going to go fast. We're going to have tempo. And by the way, tempo was the worst buzzword in football. Like guy, bad coordinators come in and say, we're going to be have tempo and we're going to be multiple. That's the sign of a bad coordinator, but Todd Munkin's actually living it. And so what you're seeing here is Zay Flowers being a legitimate deep threat. And throughout his career, Lamar Jackson has been best at the 11 to 19 yard throws. That's where he's made most of his career. Statistically, he's been okay at the deep ball. Zay Flowers is going to improve that dramatically. We already saw that. Um, as Amina show last week, she called him the alpha of their receiving core, like two weeks into this thing. And that's hard to do. But Zay Flowers is that kind of offensive game changer. So all of this is just kind of saying that through two weeks, Mark Andrews has been banged up. He missed last week. They were injured severely today. And they beat a Bengals team that I picked to win the Super Bowl. And there's a lot of questions I have about the Bengals. Number one is, is Joe Burrow's calf going to be okay? Because if it's not, then that changes the entire timetable. And the fact that I think that the Bengals are going to be fine no matter what happens in September because Joe Burrow missed, missed training camp. If 
if that calf lingers into the season, then I have to rethink everything. But what I do think is right now, the Baltimore Ravens are 2-0. and And we're seeing a quarterback who's adjusting to his surroundings and adjusting to his, his environment. And that's what the greats do. And we saw that. Like I've talked a million times about Joe Burrow. They took the, the deep ball away from Joe Burrow, so he became the most efficient short pass, passing game quarterback in football last year from October on. We're going to see Lamar Jackson in a Munkin offense getting rid of the ball quickly. While may, listen, the athleticism is always going to be the most important thing about how defenses play him. It's why they have to change their identity wholesale week after week after week when Lamar Jackson's in town. But if Munkin can develop this deep passing game with, I mean, the Nelson Aguilar throw was a dime. We have the capability to see something on par with the MVP season. Different, different, but similar heights. We give up on guys too early. The entire NFL had the chance to at least make a contract offer to Lamar Jackson seven months ago. Everybody passed. Every single team passed. And they all had their different reasons. I oh, can't stay healthy. We don't, we don't want it to be a distraction. Whoa, the, the Ravens would just match. How do you know? How do you know the Ravens would match? Did you are you, are you did you ask the Ravens? Because that's not allowed. So, like, what what exactly was the league thinking on Lamar Jackson? Did they think he couldn't take this step forward? Because he is. He's going to. Um the league and also that gets reflected on fans like oh well fans say well the league you know the league didn't told you what they thought of them well the league is wrong sometimes the league passes on a lot of great players in the draft the league overthinks things the league decides oh we don't pay that much money for a quarterback and then they go out and they they sign some of the worst guys in the world to eight million dollar deals when it, it would just be financially more prudent to sign someone like lamar jackson to deal over 40 million dollars Lamar is in Baltimore. The environment around him is good. The skill guys are good. The line will get healthy. The fact he took zero sacks on Sunday is an indictment of the Bengals' defense. But guess what? The Bengals are the biggest threat to them in the AFC North. So the fact that Trey Hendrickson was lining up over Patrick McCarry and didn't have a single quarterback pressure and Lamar Jackson was hit just once just shows you What's what could happen in this division? And the fact that I mean, like people, someone just asked me about the, the Chiefs, like the Chiefs won an ugly game because on, on defense and a couple of other things, Mahomes did not play a sharp game. Bro didn't play a sharp game on Sunday and Lamar Jackson took advantage of that. And sometimes. Sometimes you have a roster win and the fact that the Bengals didn't get that is significant because this is going to be a math problem and the Ravens are going to be a problem. Lamar Jackson is going to be a problem. We might see a MVP type season and we might see, by the way, a Super Bowl type season, because I've said a million times there are eight or nine quarterbacks who like on paper in a bunch of years should just win the Super Bowl going away by like by easily. But the depth in the AFC is so significant. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers is out of the mix. All of a sudden, Justin Herbert looks out of the mix because Brandon Staley's got a lost season. Brandon Staley's losing to a Ryan Tannehill and Mike Vrabel the week after one of the worst performances I've seen a Tennessee Titans team play in the Mike, Mike Vrabel era. Okay. The chiefs are just okay right now until Travis Kelsey gets back to health. Chris Jones being back was huge. And I guess they're still trying to develop Kadarius Tony as, as wide at one, but they've got some things to figure out on the offensive side, side of the ball, their highest paid offensive lineman 
had to be briefly benched just to calm down today. Literally, that's what it was, just to calm down in Kansas City, okay? Um, and that game in Jacksonville was ugly. They won it. That's what you do. But, like, there's some questions there. So why can't Baltimore make the leap into that into that rarefied air? Why can't they? They can, and it's because of Lamar Jackson. All right, Flynn, big question. The New York Giants playing the Cardinals in the desert, trailed by 21 points at one point in the second half, went on to score a touchdown on four straight drives, end up beating the Cardinals 31 to 28. The big question, did the Giants save their season? They saved their version of their season. Like, right. Does that make sense? Cause they, they saved an above average season, which is what the giants are capable of, of doing. I guess I, 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 I think that I was ready to write and I actually started to doodle a little bit of just all the mistakes the giants made over the past couple of months. They were in the top 10 as far as running it back. They brought back 70% of their roster from last year. They gave Daniel Jones one of the most laughable quarterback quarterback contracts in a long time. Um, Josh Dobbs had literally abandoned, briefly abandoned his pilot's license in order to, to come and look like Josh Allen against the New York Giants um, for at least three quarters. And, you know, I was talking to Flynn and Miles, my producers, and they were saying, well, here goes Survivor Pools. So the Giants gave – that's significant. But then the Giants gave Daniel Jones $160 million. How do you think they felt? There's your Survivor Pool going down the drain, $160 million. Um, dead or Cap charge next year of $47 million, And then if they moved on from him next year, the year after, excuse me, it would be a $22 million dead cap charge. So even the outs are a pitfall. So all this to say is I still have serious concerns about the, the, the Giants roster and their ability to contend with the Eagles. And we already saw the Cowboys like that's they're not in that. They're not in that, that area at all. Um, what they are is similar to what they were last year, um, which is what happens when you run it back. It's what happens when you pay uh, basically everybody that you needed to pay and say, all right, we're just going to do this again. We're going to go back with the quarterback, all that stuff. Um, they did not, and congratulations to them, they did not have uh, a, a two-game shutout. In 1934, they went seven quarters without scoring a point. This this week, it was uh, six, I believe. Um, or this year was six. So 1934, Giants are, are still, they're popping champagne somewhere. But I think that they had a poor run defense last year. They had a poor run, run defense this year. Like, it's the same team. It's the same team. And like, this is a funny thing to say. It's a morbid thing to say, but like, it's, we're seeing this with the Jets too. Like, the Jets are just going to have their season they had last year because of Aaron Rodgers going down. Like, it sucks and it's sad. The Jets went out and tried to attempt to, changed their lot and it didn't work, but they, at least they tried. Um, the Giants, you know, the rookie class looks good, but it's really hard to rely on rookies um, to win anything significant, especially when you're closing a gap to some really talented teams, especially in the NFC who have a, like elite talent at the very, very top. It's not a deep conference. Here's what's going to, the Giants are going to win seven to 10 games. And they're, if they get injury luck and fumble luck in December, uh, especially in some of those games against other contenders, they'll make the playoffs. Like it's not it. We are we're all running it back. Um, there's a over the cap which does a really good job. Uh, has a like a valuations thing where they basically value every single player versus what they're being paid. And the Giants are dead last in this. Like dead last in this. Like they they have a lot of guys. Um, 
making more than over the cap thinks they should. And I know that's not a perfect thing. It's not a perfect one to one thing, but like I, they're, they're in a situation right now where they're rolling with the crew they have and there's a ceiling on that. And I think we've seen that for the first two weeks. So the Giants save their season in as much that like WFAN is not going to have to have like add in seven additional phone lines tomorrow and start calling for Dable's job. But, but, uh, this was, uh, this was a pretty grim two weeks and coming back from the Cardinals, a win is a win, but like no one, no one should be doing anything but breathing a sigh of relief. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, use the code OmahaFull and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great, you keep those winnings. But if you lose, you get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and up only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maine, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 wager only. Must wager with eligible promo code BET. Amount of qualifying wager return only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Hannah's New Orleans. Maine, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-888-427-426-2537 or West Virginia. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, Flynn, uh, we have some mailbag questions. 
We do. Oscar Barkas chiming in on Twitter. Which 0-2 teams do you have the most believe in, A, to become a playoff team this year, a la the 2022 Bengals, and B, to become a good second-half team and figure it out for next year, like the 2022 Lions? So, um, the 2023 Bengals are in the same situation as the 2022 Bengals, which, by the way, remain the only team to make the playoffs in the seven playoff seven uh, playoff team conference era. Um, she have to put that out on Sunday morning that the Bengals, the only team that started 0 and 2 and made the playoffs in that era, um, small sample size, but still significant. Um, I honestly, I think the Bengals will still make the playoffs. There's not a lot other, like looking at the standings, like I don't think the Vikings are going to do, are going to do anything here. Um, so the 0 and 2 teams, let's go through them. Chargers, abysmal think they're gonna get their coach fired broncos connect on a hail mary don't get the two-point conversion russ looks cooked people were trying to say he was back he is not back uh bangles is the aforementioned bangles i think they'll make the playoffs to turn it around texans not this year i got a couple questions on cj stroud looks fine just need to see more um <clears throat> cardinals oh and two nothing doing bears vikings different categories but neither I mean, the Vikings are, are done. They're, they're just kind of a regression here. It's, it's going to be bad. Um, the Bears, unless Justin Fields dramatically improves, it's over. And then the Panthers are 0-1. We'll see tomorrow. So the genre of team, I think, that, always, that, that I have more belief in is always the bad team that starts 0-2. Because it's just, you win two weeks in a row and everything is normal. It's so it's so much harder to win in November and December, and good teams can figure that out. Bad teams reveal themselves. There's an awesome, awesome anecdote in Seth Wickersham's Patriots book where he says basically that, like, I think it was Jimmy Johnson told Belichick that 20 teams get out of the way in football and that you just need to not be in that. Like, that, if you start 0-2 and you're not one of those 20 teams, good things tend to happen. So I, I'm in. Follow-up question to that. You mentioned the Panthers tomorrow night. Steelers also play tomorrow night. If they fall to 0-2, is the sky falling in Pittsburgh, or is that Tomlin Magic second-half team going to come together? Well, no. I, Tomlin, they're going to go 500. They're going to go uh, one game above 500. So, no, I don't believe in them anything other than they'll win five straight games to go 9-8. and eight. There you go. Jake Russell with the next question. With the NFL and sports in general being a copycat league, give me the funniest hypothetical Deion Sanders model attempt in the NFL. So I gave you this, I got this great question via email and I gave it to you and I actually didn't put any thought into it because I was doing a hundred different things. Um, so it's going to be somebody hugely famous who just threw their juice and their uh, charisma and their magnetism Attracts players, attracts fans, all of that stuff. We have to be a massive star. And we've seen some of this in front office roles. So like John Elway goes back and runs the Broncos. Uh, Dan Marino tried to do that with the Dolphins, didn't like it. And then now he's kind of back in a, in a bigger capacity. I think you'd have to go with just absolute all-time greats. I think you'd have to go with people. I mean, like, you know, I think that first of all, Dion has, has said he's not co coming to the NFL. And I, I, I am totally fine with that. He says he couldn't motivate guys the same way he couldn't get, you couldn't use the transfer portal as uh, just as well. Like, I mean, it, it's going to be, it would be really hard for Dion in particular to do this. Um, but I think that there's a couple of guys, I think Tom Brady 
has the has the juice and the respect among athletes to be like a a a I would not call Prime a figurehead at all, but if you wanted to, just kind of like the CEO, I guess CEO of things, right? And then hire a great staff under him, which by the way, Prime has done, but like just have a a be the be the czar of something. So like Tom Brady could do it, would be my guess, um, and be excellent at it. Um I mean, there's not it, it's it's almost impossible. Like Michael Irvin couldn't do it. Um like some of the guys who are just like all time greats, like you know Barry Sanders and the personality. I'm mean, like, you know who would do it really well is Peyton freaking Manning. I know this is a conflict here at Omaha Productions, but Peyton Manning would be amazing. What quarterback would want to play for him? What wide receiver would want to play for that quarterback? Who would see the game better? Like Peyton Manning is the guy there. Up next, we hear from Max. It's over for the Justin Fields is a guy thing, right? If he were capable of processing the game at a level that's required to be a good NFL passer, we would be seeing it by now. I can't believe the Bears are actually going to spin the QB wheel again this offseason. All right. Great question. Um, I'm, I think it's coming to the end of the line for Fields in Chicago, but I would still not give up. If I was a different team, I'd want to see him with a different coordinator, give him one more chance. He has so much talent that I think something can work there. This Bears team is not, the roster is not as good as people thought. Um, this Bears team, like I, you can't throw screen interceptions, especially on a pick six. You can't do it. It's, it's not acceptable. Um, but some of the play calling has been weird. Um, the Chase Claypool thing has been extremely weird. The DJ, DJ Moore acquisition has not been what people thought. So uh, I think we're getting to the end of the line there as far as as far as the the fields, Eberflus, whatever. I don't know what they want to do with the head coach head coaching job. They've got a lot of draft capital. They can, as as the, the question asker said, like they can spin the wheel. But um, if I'm Tampa Bay and I don't get a Drake May Caleb Williams. If I'm Arizona uh, and I move on from Kyler for, for whatever reason, like that's I, I'm gonna look into Justin Fields with a different type of offensive coordinator and and see and see what happens. Francis up next. I don't feel like there are any good villains in the NFL right now like there were with the Pats. KC is just too fun. Who would be your pick for the next team to root against? So this was a great question. I, I, it's hard because the Patriots had 20 years as like, these are all TV show characters. That's all they are is we turn them on 40 million people watch them and we decide whether or not we like them or don't like them. Uh, I would, th and, and the cheating, the cheating scandals, multiple cheating scandals over what, uh, a eight year span when you consider Spygate and Deflategate, um, we just know like Belichick's whole personality. Like we're never going to have anything like the Patriots ever again. I'd throw out Nick Sirianni being like the ultimate Philly guy. Like he just mean mugging to the camera like that. That to me is, I could see how some of America would be annoyed by that. Um, Mike McDaniel and the dolphins, if they continue on this ascent, Mike is obviously very cocky and that could rub people the wrong way. And that could only get heightened. He gets in fights with other coaches is a war of words. And then you kind of, you go from there. Um, I'm trying to think, Flynn, is there any other team that we think is going to be good enough to be a, an NFL villain? I, I really don't think so. The Chiefs are too fun. The Eagles no. would be one, I would say. And who hates Andy Reid? 
Right, exactly. You can't you can't hate a Kelsey unless you're a rival with a Kelsey. Um, I'd throw the Cowboys out there for anybody who's a well, non Cowboys yeah. person, but, but, but that's there's a ceiling for, on that. Yeah, and it's for the same and it's this for the same reason that the Cowboys have always been the villain is because they're quote unquote America's team right. and everybody else can't stand it, them. Exactly right. But also the Cowboys with Mike McCarthy have a ceiling on them and they can win a Super Bowl, but it's not going to be like some insane run where we're talking about you know. We're talking about being in the in the championship game every single week. All right, what's next? I also think we're being deprived of the Jets with the Rodgers injury. <laughs> just be, just just because Rodgers, duh, but also Brees Hall, Sauce Gardner, like they have young guys who will flaunt their skills both on the field and on social media. Both of them have uh, tweeted something today and taken it down. Uh, and just because they're the Jets <laughs> and Rodgers isn't the quarterback anymore, we're going to be robbed of that this entire season. I love that. I love that. Finally, we've got Micah on Twitter. What does Brandon Staley do here exactly? So I am upset that I called for Brandon Staley's job on Friday and can't do it today. Uh, my stance on Brandon Staley is well known. Um, you can't lose this game. And he afterwards was like, well, so I guess he, a reporter had said, is the Jacksonville game from last year, the playoff game weighing on you? And he said, no, he got a little upset and was like, you know, it's a convenient narrative. I don't care if they're losing because of the Jacksonville game. I don't care. What I care about is there's now a resume of Brandon Staley losing a bunch of games he shouldn't. And so whether or not like got Justin Herbert or like Austin Eckler playing worse or, you know, going through training camp with a, with a little bit of a, a different gate because they're upset about Jacksonville. That that's sort of separate from this. There's a trail of destruction behind Brandon Staley everywhere he goes the past year because he's not a very good coach. And so it has nothing to do with his personality, it has nothing to do with anything. Like every he could get away with any of this stuff that I make fun of him for about overemphasizing analytics and talking kind of in in a a very viral shareable type of way at press conferences, all the stuff I kind of poke fun at, he'd get away with that. It could be harmless fun if he was a better coach. The fact of the matter is he's not very good. And so uh, he's going to get fired. Um, there's too much talent on that team not to. And I had said earlier today on Twitter, I said, Hey, what is, what is the best, what is his leg to stand on? And a couple of people genuinely said like, Oh, the players seem to like him, which, you know, you're not, that's actually not your job is like player social worker. Um, and, most people just said this, we don't have to pay two coaches would be your best argument. And that actually might work. And I don't know his, his contract status. I can't imagine the Spanos family would have extended him, but it's time to go. It is time to go. Um, and here's the deal. They've got a medium soft schedule the next couple of months. Um, Cause excuse me, a couple of weeks and, and months um, where there's not, a lot of gimmies, but there's not a lot. It's not exactly a murderer's row. Um, so he could, could conceivably save his job. The flaw in this plan is that he's not a very good coach. And so he's probably going to lose a bunch of those games. And Justin Herbert can't save him. You had the golden goose. He reminds me a little bit of Ryan Grigson in Indianapolis with Andrew Luck. You had the golden goose. You had, you had the young quarterback on a cheap deal. It's what everybody wanted. And it just didn't work. You screwed it up. And you should be judged harshly. The guys who get those opportunities should be judged more harshly than the guys who don't. And Brandon Staley, it is time to go. We're just going to do uh, every game we didn't mention. Flynn, what do we got? Falcons barely beat the Packers 25-24.
Desmond Ritter just has to be so unbelievably average to win games. And I think that's what we saw today. Desmond Ritter, good job by you being unbelievably average. <laughs> Bills beat the Raiders 38-10. to 10. Uh, Josh Allen looked pretty back. Uh, Raiders had some cowardly punts. Um, and I don't. I am no longer worried about the, the Buffalo Bills. Seahawks beat the Lions in overtime. This one was wild. It was so sad because there was so much juice in that building. It was so loud. Um, the pregame report about how they opened gates 30 minutes early and uh, the fans were just, they had all these signs, like no more uh, brown bags or whatever. Like th- this felt like it should have been a win. I'm sad. I'm not ready to get off the Lions bandwagon, so to speak, for for them being a good playoff team. Um, but this Seattle's good. Like Seattle's good. This is the type of, of game they needed to win too. So that they were able to persevere, blew a 10 point lead late, still won with the title lock a touchdown. Um, I just I just think everybody needed a little reminding Seattle's good too. You mentioned Russ looking cooked. How about on the other side, the commanders coming from behind to beat him 3533? Um I, I there are no winners in this game because of the Hail Mary at the end. That was unbelievable and sad and depressing. I didn't to be honest with you, I didn't watch one second of this. Uh, Brian Curtis, my old colleague, just texted me and said it's a tough wa- tough watch, and uh, I'll let him speak on that. Matchup of young QBs. The Colts beat the Texans 31-20. to Yeah, Colts are going to be pretty good, man. The Colts, the Colts have a floor, and we saw that today. Anthony Richardson was evaluated for concussion, hoping for the best for him. Um, but they've got a much better roster than the Texans. Um, Richardson's floor, because of his – athleticism and his ability to use it and his willingness to use it early on um, is really high. And I think that like fantasy owners were, were jazzed about this a month ago. Um, but I think you're starting to see it in the real world too. This is going to be a good, a hard out. They're not going to be a good team. They're going to be a tough out. And, and I think it's, I think that showed today. I just want one game that doesn't end with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. Uh, <laughs> finally, finally 49ers beat the Rams 30 to 23. Yeah. Closer game. Listen, the Rams are going to be pretty good this year. Um, Steve Wilkes, the the new DC in San Francisco, basically started blitzing Stafford more. Stafford was not good under pressure today. Um, what quarterback is? Uh, I I was kind of impressed. I mean, first of all, Debo Samuel did exactly what we talked about with him on the show on Friday. He's breaking tackles, finding space. Like this is you know, it's, listen, this is the reason we bring these guys on for the game preview. They know what they're talking about. Um, but I think. I think we're going to see a maybe a tighter NFC West than we thought because the the Rams are not going to be tanking. They're not even going to be generally bad. Um, so there's that. Stafford's good. And uh, yeah, this game went pretty much exactly what I expected. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. 
D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. All right. Uh, thank you. We'll be back on Wednesday uh, with another episode. Then on Friday, thank you so much to Flynn and Miles. We will see you guys midweek. This has been This is Football.